0: How many of you would say that you're good with your hands? Like if you've got something that needs uh, fixing at the house, do you do it yourself or do you call up someone else to do it? Uh, When I went through seminary, through college and seminary, I basically put my way through being a handyman. And I should have had a little jingle. I just thought of this jingle this morning. Here's what my jingle would have been. Someday I'll be a pastor, and so I'm no master, but if you need something small, I'm your guy to call. Would have been a good jingle, right? <laughs> uh, but I didn't, I didn't think of the jingle. But I kept very busy, because I was good at little things here and there. But, but I know I've got uh, my limitations. There's certain things uh, that I don't do on my own, because I'm just not good at them. First of all, I'm very afraid to do too much with the electricity, and so I will call up Daniel Romero. I've called him up several times, the electrician in our church. And I'll say, Daniel, I just want to make sure I'm doing this right. He says, uh, let me come over and look at it. I don't want you to burn the house down. Uh, I'm not good at the mechanics of the car. And so I rely on Cy or, or Adam at, uh, at the church. I don't got a good green thumb. And so I'll rely on Susan. And then the biggest thorn in my flesh is my computer okay (laughs) Uh, if ever i'm tempted to use words i should not use it's when the computer doesn't go right and so i am very thankful to god for andrew (laughs) because he's he's uh saved he saved me more than once and uh so we all know there's certain things that if we need done We'll get, uh, we can get it done. And then there's other things we got to rely on someone else to help us out with. But I point all that out because I just want to emphasize that if God wants something done, he'll get it done. Our God is powerful like that. Even if it's not to change our circumstances, but to teach us a lesson, our God is powerful. So can, can you say that with me? powerful and our god oftentimes uses someone to bring about the change in our life and you can think of someone that god has brought into your life at just the right time and said just the right thing or or just sat with you in the at the right moment and uh and that's because our god is personal can you say personal Our God is powerful and personal. And that means that we as uh, his followers simply want to be used by him. We want to be vessels of his mercy and grace and help. And I really say that uh, uh, with great confidence because I believe that all of us want to be used by God to make a difference. We want to be used by God to make a difference in this world. We want to have a positive influence on the lives of those around us. Our family, our friends, uh, our community. We want to be used by God to be vessels of God's mercy and his grace and his help. We want uh, God uh, to flow through us. And so this morning's sermon is a message on opening ourselves up to be vessels of God's grace, mercy, and help. And uh, we come before God humbly this morning, praying a prayer like, God, whatever you want to do through me, I'm available. Have your way in me. Could be big, could be small, but God, here I am to be used by you. Now, this morning's sermon has some very specific application. We're talking about uh, the ministry of West Covina Christian Church, and by the end of this message, I want to give you some specific opportunities to serve the church in specific ways. And I recognize that, that God is working; uh, He's He's uh, working way beyond what West Covina Christian Church will do, or way beyond the community of West Covina. And that's wonderful, and that's great. Our sermon today is is specific about what God wants to do uh, through us and through uh, our church. And so my hope and prayer, as we think about this uh, blueprints for a rebuild, is that God would uh, encourage our hearts to be used by him, and, and for us to take a step of faith to say, I'm willing to serve here, or I'm willing to serve in this ministry and so in light of that we're going to look at Nehemiah 3 this morning but before we dig into the scriptures let's go before the Lord and ask that God would speak through us speak to us today Father God we come before you today and we thank you that you are powerful we thank you that you are a work at work all around us and in us God we thank you that there have been people that you have brought into our lives at just the right time, to make a difference. And God, we pray that you would use us in similar ways in in the lives of those around us. God, as we consider our church, we pray that you would build us up to be the people of God that you want us to be. And so God, we humble ourselves before you this morning and pray that you would just simply speak to us and guide us Uh, God, no matter if we've been here for decades or even if this is our first Sunday here, God, we pray that whatever word you would have for us today, that you would impress upon us that word and that we would uh, receive from you. And so, God, may you be our teacher, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, as I said, we're going through Nehemiah this morning. And... uh, uh, in this sermon series. And so this is our third week, and today we are in Nehemiah chapter 3. And what we see in Nehemiah chapter 3 is the people are beginning to get organized to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. The Israelites were driven from Jerusalem 140 years before the time of uh, this, when this book was written. And uh, they were driven by a powerful nation, the Babylonians, who were like an empire of that day uh, and uh, they came in and they destroyed the city of Jer- Jerusalem they tore, they tore down its walls and they burned its gates and all the people were scattered and they had been living in uh, various areas and different lands and then the Medo-Persians came in and captured the Babylonians so again they're still under a, 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 foreign, a foreign ruler but the, but the Persians over time began to allow some of the Israelites to go back to their capital city. You see, there are, we know the spiritual reason that the Israelites were uh, lost their land and, and their community was because they were unfaithful to God. And now there are certain uh, followers of God, Nehemiah being one of them, who are praying, God, have mercy upon us. And, the, and through the Persian leaders... There are some that God's mercy begins to be poured out on the people and they're allowed to go back to, the, uh, to their home city. But what they find there is very distressing. And, uh, not only has it been 140 years since the walls were torn down, but you can imagine the decay and just the ruins that are there. And, they, and it says the people are greatly distressed and troubled. Not only uh, do they have, they don't have a fortified city But just uh, the—they're supposed to be the people of God. And many look upon them and and say, how can your God be so powerful? Is your God a powerful God? Is your God a personal God? How come you live in this kind of state? And the people could not go to sleep at night with peace in their hearts until there was a wall built around the city, until they were protected from their enemies. And so Nehemiah, given the position that he has as cupbearer to the king, he has direct access to the king— and, uh, and the king uh, asks him, Nehemiah, why are you so sad? And he tells them, it's because my people live in shame and the walls of our city are torn down. The Persian king uh, gives him permission to go back and to organize the people. And this is where we are at in Nehemiah 3. Nehemiah is now dividing up areas of the wall to be rebuilt by different families that have made their way back uh, to the city I'll admit we're not going to read Nehemiah uh, 3 today in full Uh, one because it's hard to understand at first glance like it is full of a lot of names a lot of family names that I have no idea how to pronounce a lot of names uh, of the gates and uh, you're just like what are we to do with this you know, when I get stuck, I'll admit this uh, as, as a pastor, when I get stuck on a passage, sometimes I'll go and see, what did uh, so-and-so, another preacher who preached through Nehemiah, what did he do uh, with this passage? And I went back and I looked at uh, what several other pastors have done with Nehemiah 3, and you know what they did? They skipped to Nehemiah 4. <laughs> it's a tough passage. I, in fact, I couldn't find any examples on sermons from nehemiah three and so i i was tempted to do the same thing let's just go to chapter four skip all the hard names skip all the gate names i don't know uh what these gates do or who these families are let's just move on but as i prayed about it i i sensed the lord saying no there there's some basic principles here that are so valuable and helpful for where we are as a church. And so I've come up with, uh, from the text, I think the Lord has laid upon my heart, three basic principles that I'd like to outline today. The first principle is that all God's work is spiritual work. All God's work is spiritual work. And what I mean by that is all God's work is uh, empowered by the Spirit and done uh, for God. God. It's done for God and with God's help. Now, the, now, where that jumps off the page at me is right there in the first verse. Nehemiah 3.1 says, Eliashib, the high priest and his fellow priests, went to work and rebuilt the sheep gate. So the priests uh, that have gathered in Jerusalem are working on the sheep gate. The priests are the spiritual leaders, right? I would expect the priests to be leading the Bible studies in the morning and praying for the people and then going to wherever the temple would be and and take care of the temple. No, the priests are on the wall. They're building the sheep gate. Now, the sheep gate's not any more special than the valley gate or the horse gate or the fish gate or any of these other gates that we read about. The sheep gate is just a gate. And you would imagine there's nothing spiritual about the sheep gate But the spiritual leaders are building the sheep gate because there is no secular, sacred uh, divide. All work is spiritual work if it's done with God and for God. And I think that that applies to our ministry as a church. All our work is done with God and for God. Some work seems obviously very spiritual. Leading worship and leading Bible study and Uh, and and, uh, praying for the church. That's obviously very spiritual, but what about those that uh, work in the education center and teach and tutor kids with math and and, uh, reading? What about those that work on the security team and just make sure that uh, everything, nothing fishy is going on? What about those that are in welcome ministry that are just greeting people and saying hello? All I can say is all of it's done for god and with god's help all god's work is spiritual work because we want to be used by god in various uh in various ways am i still good with my mic it just came off okay um so that is uh the first principle and uh this upcoming saturday bob announced we've got a cleanup day here at the church Cleanup up day is spiritual work. Why? Because we're hoping that God blesses this work to help us to do the work that he wants us to do. It's, it's a day that we're going to bless in prayer and uh, ask that God help us. So that's a great, uh, that's, this is going to be God's work, and so it's spiritual work. Uh, I met with the tutors this past week. We got a, a new session started up, and I just emphasized to them that, uh, you know, we're teaching math and we're teaching reading, but ultimately the reason that we do this as a church is because we want to share the love of God in practical ways to the kids of our neighborhood. That's the reason we do it. It's ultimately motivated by spiritual reasons. And so what might God call you to do? God may call you just to Put away chairs after the service. God may call you to help clean up something in the church. I'm always on the lookout for someone who's doing something small in the church, something that doesn't draw any attention, because I believe that uh, I believe in the words of Jesus. Jesus says, "Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. If we're faithful with the small things, God will entrust us to more." Uh, will will entrust us with more and so no matter whether we lead worship or set up chairs welcome people to the church or teach sunday school whatever you do it is a spiritual task first corinthians 10 31 says so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do do it all for the glory of god and so that's that's a, a principle for us to hold on to as a church that we do all for the glory of god we do it for god and with God's help, principle number one is that all God's work is spiritual work. Principle number two is all God's work is teamwork. We work together. Uh, no person, no one person does uh, it all, and uh, and no one person is just left on the sideline. No one is a stand. Si- no one is a fan sitting in the stands. We're all in the in the work together. We li- we are a team. And so I've heard it said before, and and I'm sure I've said it before, that you don't live the Christian life as a lone wolf. And that's true for our spiritual growth, but that's true for our work in the ministry, that we are working together. And so what we see here in Nehemiah 3 is that all the people are working on the wall together, but each of them have a different role. So So we already saw... Eliashib again I I, these names I'm sorry I do the best I can Eliashib the high priest and the fellow priests are working on the sheep gates and then we pick up in verse 3 and 4 now hang hang with me because there's some real hard names here Uh, Nehemiah 3 and 4 the fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hashanah They laid its beams and put its doors and bolts in place, and bars in place. Merimoth, the son of Uriah, the son of Hakkos, repaired the next section. Next to him, Mesholam, the son of Berechiah, the son of Meshuzelbuel, made repairs. And next to him, Zadok, the son of Bena, also made repairs. okay obvious clear as day right what that how that applies to us Uh, but the point is that here are all these people they're working on the fish gate and then we go on in verse 6 it says the joyada family works on the jeshana gate verse 13 the Hanun family works on the valley gate verse 14 the malchijah family works on the dung gate verse 15 the Shalon family works on the fountain gate and it keeps going like this they're all working on different gates but it's the same wall and that's the principle i'm trying to drive home here they're all working on different gates but it's the same wall we all may be involved in different areas of the ministry but we have the same goal in mind we want to see lives transformed we want to see god glorified and so no one is going to be involved in everything but we're all working together as a team some are going to be uh, working in children's ministry and some in uh in food and fellowship and some in the youth ministry and and all of this goes on like this it's all different areas but it's all with the same goal that we would love others and love god my son Dawson is the uh, leadoff hitter on a baseball team. Now, uh, s- somebody tell me what the leadoff hitter's job is get on base. So I tell Dawson, you drive one up the middle, you run like the wind, and you get on base. You, you keep good plate discipline, you get walked, you've done your job. In fact, you've got a ball that comes at you, you turn the shoulder and you get hit. Because your job is to get on base, however possible it doesn't matter your job is to get on base now the leader off hitter has a different role than the cleanup hitter right but if each person does their role then the team has a good chance of winning the game put points on the board and you have a good chance of winning the game the same thing it comes when it comes to ministry of the church we all have different roles but we all do what the lord has called us to do god's our coach And he assigns us our position, and we follow his lead, and there's a good chance that we will fulfill our goals of seeing lives transformed all to the glory of God if if we do what the Lord has called us to do. We don't change the lives. God changes the lives. But may we be vessels of his grace, mercy, and help. Paul gives another analogy in 1 Corinthians 12. And he talks about the church being the body of Christ. Just like a physical body has different parts, so the body of Christ has different parts. He says in 1 Corinthians 12, 12, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its parts form one body, so it is with you. So it is with Christ. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, and and the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable, and the parts we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. Now, you are the body of Christ, and each one of you has a part of it. You see, I know that West Covina Christian Church is a small church. Some of us are worshiping here in person right now. Some of uh, us are worshiping at home, but each of us has been brought here for a reason. God has a purpose for you in his plan, in, his, uh, in how he is going to work as, uh, through our church. And no one is indispensable. It's, it says here in, these, in this passage, those that seem weaker are indispensable. God wants to use all of us. And so together we work as a team. That's principle number 2. Now principle number 3 is that all God's work is relational. Relational in that it is uh, to form relationships and to love one another, it is to be in relationship with one another. And I say that and I and I and I save this for last because I believe that this is so foundational for the ministry. I learned as a pastor People don't really care how much I get done; they care much more uh, how much uh, I love people and care for one another. And that's true for all of us. We do this because we love people, and we and we want to uh, show love in relationship. Nehemiah three has three verses. Sixteen times does it use the same phrase, either uh, either next to him. Or next to them is used 16 times. So, for example, in verse 2, it says, The men of Jericho built the uh, adjoining section, and Zakur, son of Imri, built next to them. And then in verse 4, it says, Next to him, in verse 7, Next to him. 10, 13, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 24, 25, 27, 29, 30, 31. It's the same phrase over and over again. And so it's obviously uh, getting attention by the author for the reason. Next to him is not just location, it's relationship. What Nehemiah is saying here is each person worked next to another person and they had his back or her back they cared for one another they worked next to him not just in location but in relationship and if anything we have learned in this pandemic period it is that we need one another right we are better together how much how many of us have had difficulty in our lives simply because of the social isolation if we didn't have relationships it was a lot harder that's because God has created us to live in relationship with one another when God says uh, let us make man in our image part of what it means to be uh, made in God's image is it means that we are made to be relational and so as a church we exist because we want to form relationships with others to be used by god to make a difference children's ministry exists because we love kids and welcoming ministry exists because we want to see people we want people to know that they are loved and cared for as soon as they step foot on the church grounds our education center exists because we want to form relationships with families in our community and love them and practical ways even the cleaning crew and the security team exists because we care about people's health and safety we serve because we love and this is all about relationships okay everybody here's a uh, application time everybody take out your phone okay whenever i see someone uh opening their phone in the church service i assume they are uh reading the scripture on your phone right nobody's checking the dodgers score nobody's uh doing whatever i i always i i trust people they're looking at the phone okay well here's the one time i'm going to be really encouraged everybody's got their phone up hold it up high hold it up high okay uh go open up your text message type in this number in the two box at the top six two six three two two 2292 okay, type that in, now, uh, I'll repeat that, uh, 626-322-2292, that's, that's the, uh, ad, that's the uh, number I want you to put in the, uh, that you're going to text to, uh, one more time, 626-322-2292, now go to the text box, and type in the word, serve, S-E-R-V-E, serve, and hit send. Okay. Now what uh, you're going to get a link. So click on the link, and uh, it's going to direct you to a page that says "Interested in Serving." Okay, everybody there so far. This is for us in person or at home. This is for everyone here. Uh, interested in serving? You're going to type in your name and your email address, your number. Uh, you can do that uh, in a moment, but right now scroll down to towards the bottom and it says what areas are you interested in serving and there's seven ministries that are listed here these i think are the seven easiest on-ramps for serving in the church there's other areas and some of you are very involved in and uh, serving in a lot in uh, very you're very committed in certain areas but if you're not currently serving you're going to chat you're going to hit you're going to click on one of these and you're going to click on one or maybe a couple because you're just going to get information at, to begin with you're not committing to anything long term so you're just going to say i want to get some information and then you're going to submit this the children's ministry is a ministry that obviously ministers to our kids it's a ministry that requires a lot of volunteer help because we've got ministry all the way from down from the little kids to Uh, you know sixth grade to fifth grade is the children's ministry and uh, so in the next few weeks as we gather inside we're going to start ramping up some of the children's ministry again and uh, and we would love to have your help you could help directly with the kids there's others that can uh, help with this check-in booth Uh, if you just feel like the lord is leading you to help with the kids uh, hit children's ministry covid cleaning team is a temporary ministry Uh, but we know that at least when we move inside for a while we're going to have to sanitize a lot of stuff between the Nichigo service and the english service and so we would love to have some help with the covid cleaning team third one is education center this is our tutoring ministry and right now we have uh, several kids that were tutoring from Cameron Elementary School, but our hope is that next year the the education center will expand when the social distancing requirements aren't as much in place. But this is our main way of reaching out to families right here in this community. So if you've got a heart to say, I want to help reach families that live right around here, this is the this is our best avenue. And you know, and you can tutor kids, you can prepare snacks, you can. Uh, help uh, with security you can help check in Uh, there's lots of different uh, ways to serve but i want to encourage you to uh, serve in the education center third thing fourth thing listed here security team Uh, some of you don't even know it but most sundays we or not most sundays when we when we're fully operational here we always had at least one person in security that would just walk around make sure nothing fishy is going around check in on the children's ministry and um and so there uh, we need people for a security team and then the welcoming team welcoming team i think uh, should be one of our biggest ministries of the church if you've ever walked on the grounds of a church uh, there's some churches that just make you feel like a million bucks as soon as you step onto the grounds right Just uh, welcome you and let you know that uh, you're they're happy to you're they're happy to have you there i would love for our welcoming team to be that kind of a dynamic ministry where we just uh greet people in such an enthusiastic way and so uh we should have a lot of people serving in the welcoming team and anyone can do that you could be here for the first time this sunday and say i want to be on the welcoming team and we'll find a place uh, to help you uh, serve there. That's a rotational ministry, so you'd s- serve once a month. Uh, worship and audiovisual ministry, obviously, that's uh, this is our music team and those that run the audiovisual. If you've got skills in that area, uh, we would love you to serve. And then the last one we have here listed is youth ministry. Our youth ministry meets on Saturday nights. It's called the Fountain Ministry, and they have Sunday school on Sunday mornings. I say that all, I know right now we're not having Sunday school, Uh, but this is with the hope that we, as we begin to start back up, this is the blueprints for a rebuild. And uh, we want to, uh, if you have a heart to work with kids, we'll find a place where you can uh, help uh, serve. Those are seven easy on-ramps. And uh, I would love to have each person in this church that feels like they want to commit and serve to find a place to serve and so uh we would love to have everyone participate in fact let me just go before the lord and ask that god would direct you in the ways that he sees fit god i pray for each person that's here or watching online god i pray that they would find a way to to serve here in this church and so god may you just direct them even this morning And may uh, you use them. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There's a statistic that I've heard a hundred times. And that is that uh, 20% of the people do 80% of the work in the church. When I was a kid, I always heard 10% and 90%. Okay? So I guess we've improved. But we're not where we should be. I would love as a church if we turn those statistics on their head what if we had 80 90 percent of the people serving i really believe that uh Wes, that god is using our church i admit this sermon has been very focused on this particular place today and like i said god's at work all over the place my heart is just to see us as a church come together as a team as a family to do to support the work that god's doing here and God's going to call many of you to do work outside of here. And that's great. But what if we all had a little, at least a little place that we served so that God can uh, use our church in powerful ways? Because I'm fully convinced that God is up to something special and big here. And he's going to use us. And it might seem small in our uh, earthly eyes, but it's making a difference for eternity. Three principles. All God's work is spiritual work. All God's work is teamwork. All God's work is relational ministry. And so, what would you commit to today? This is a sermon series called Blueprints for a Rebuild because God wants to rebuild our church to love one another better and to love our community. Now, I don't hesitate to ask people to serve. I don't have any hesitation because I know how much God has blessed me in serving in the ministry, how he's my best many of my uh, best friends are people that i've met uh, through serving the lord in church and how much joy and fulfillment he's brought to my heart and so i i don't hesitate at all just putting it out for you how might you serve the lord there's many blessings that'll come your way as we work together to accomplish god's work now all that to say there are many of you, I look out on this congregation, and I think of those that are worshiping at home, and I know a lot of you are very, very committed and serving in many ways. And for that, I am truly thankful. And uh, you've, you've blessed me and touched me, and I continue to pray that God would continue to use you and bless you as, this, as you serve the Lord. Let me uh, go before the Lord in prayer. I'll invite the worship team to come as I pray. And uh, let's just commit our church to the Lord one more time. Father God, we're excited about what you're doing in, through us, and around us. And we commit West Covina Christian Church to you and, and ask that you would help us to do the work that you would have us to do. And pray that uh, it would all be done with your help and for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.